action. All right. I want to welcome everybody who is joining us. I see some familiar names on here. Laura. Hi, Laura. And um, Ron, Scott, and probably some people you know, uh, Jacob. Um, I have a really special guest today. I've been looking forward to this for many, many months because uh, we've both been busy and it's been crazy. But now we get to first time meeting face to face, if you will. My guest today is Dr. Jacob Weiss, founder of Hand Eye Body Academy and also the Hand Eye Body Coordination Charts. Um, he developed the academy, he built, developed the charts um, for teachers, therapists, coaches to make it easy and fun to add cognitive training, visual drills, and coordination challenges to any movement exercise. And I got to tell you, man, first of all, thank you very much. It's an honor to uh, talk with you finally. This is fantastic. Thank you. Oh, I'm super excited to be here too. I was just going to say, I love your work. I love what you do. And I was wondering if maybe um, you don't mind going back a little bit, maybe mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about how you got into this and how did hand-eye body <laughs> come about? Because, you know, I've not for nothing. I've traveled all over the world. I've taught all over the world. I'm always looking for things to challenge or, you know, our clients or patients and myself mm -hmm. and brain body um, training the brain, training the body, doing it together, improving movement, reducing faults, improving dual testing skills. I love what you have because the element of, uh, let's say, the opportunities for creativity with what you do mm -hmm. is through the roof. So please tell us, man. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Well, yeah. And, and, and maybe where a lot of the, the maybe traditional ways of I mean, it's an evolution and, and, and adapting and related to other types of approaches uh, to, you know, brain body movement and dual tasking and, and all of that. But it, I think part of where the creativity and where, where it feels a little different is because I'm coming from a different perspective, a different background uh, and, and trying to bring that to this space. Um, and so my background, I did my... Uh, PhD research at Vanderbilt University, where my focus was really on collaborative design of health and wellness tools for online spaces, communities, wow. uh, different technology, uh, where it's where my focus was not just on building the tools, but on how do you bring together all the different people who should be connecting in a collaborative process to contribute uh, their ideas to learn themselves to make it a very uh, participatory collaborative model when you're designing new online tools for health and wellness and, and I really focused on trying to make it easy to share resources and information so often you might have a social worker or a therapist over here who knows of one resource in the community and mm -hmm. then someone over here knows of some other ones and then a new resource pops up and how do they all get to learn about it. So my research was really on that sharing of information uh, online around health and wellness. And then the other half of my career, I have been a juggler since I was 10 years old. Uh, the, I, actually, I, I played basketball since I was two years old. 
Um, so that explains a few things. Basketball, ball handling uh, drills learned from old Pete Maravich uh, videos. Oh, yeah. When I was, when I was a kid started, I think I was probably five or six spinning a basketball on my finger and then learned to juggle when I was around 10. And so that's always been part of my life uh, through college and grad school, started up student uh, wow. juggling programs and shows. And so after I finished my PhD research, you know, all of my work from the entertainment to the collaborative design research was all about finding ways to bring people together, whether it's through a live event or sharing online and, and had that element of looking for connections that are often missed and, and looked over. And so I, after I finished uh, grad school, I started up a social enterprise using juggling as a way to give back and build community. So uh, wow. part of our whole model with, with that program, it's every time we'll be brought in and it's myself and, and two others as a team brought into a, a corporate event or a conference doing team building, training, keynotes, kickoffs, whatever it is, we donate a visit out into the community. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those uh, visits in the community are teaching, right? So we would be teaching juggling and we go to different spaces. And I, I realized mm -hmm. that in a short time, I'm not going to be trying to really teach juggling, uh, especially, you know, if we go into a nursing home or, or a space where it doesn't make sense to try to do something really advanced. Mm -hmm. And so I started developing an approach that really focused not on juggling three balls, but on, on exercises and drills you could do with one or two balls that are still fun and engaging, but give you that same feel and benefit. So right. a lot of the combination of, of what evolved into what I do with hand eye body is it was recognizing, Hey, I've benefited and that brain body connection of from juggling, how can I make that feeling? and that benefit more accessible to more people. And, and then kind of combining that with my approach to online spaces for health and wellness, it kind of all merged together. Uh, so, you know, looking at how can I share this information online? How can I connect with other people who are doing this kind of work so that they can learn, they can share, right? Uh, I think the magic of of so many things and especially what i do it's in the intersection between things right sure. so so taking the creativity right the create the creativity that you see really comes from that the arts and the juggling side of things and merging that with the the research structures and breaking things down into categories and really being systematic with how do you take these creative concepts and make it something that people can learn and share and build on with their own experience and knowledge. Uh, and so, so a lot of what, what my approach with hand eye body is it's I'm sharing creative ideas to move with coordination with the different cognitive uh, creative components. And then someone who is working with Parkinson's will say, Hey, this is in line with what I'm trying to do. And they'll adapt it or build on it. And then someone who works with kids in preschools will say, hey, oh, sure. I can use it in this way. And so I'm, I'm 
really with hand-eye body, and that's where it kind of comes from with my research side, it's, it's a platform that people can learn and then share back. And it's that really that feedback loop and, and using the creativity and the movement to connect across different disciplines so everyone can learn together. You know, it's interesting because back in, um, sorry, just monitoring here. We have a question in a minute. Um, well, just real brief. This is not about me, but I'll just tell a little bit about my background. Mm -hmm. um, how I got into the whole Parkinson's thing was nine years ago. One of my college professors came to me. He has Parkinson's and I said, can you train me? Because I was working at the gym part-time doing a bunch of stuff as I'm a student going through the nutrition degree program. So um, I didn't know what to do, but I said, yes. It just was very coincidental that my son was doing his PhD at the time. And uh, his mentor is a really well-known neurologist. He didn't know exactly what to do. He said, no, I'll point you in the right direction. So this started me to talking with a, as I would say, a forward and progressive thinking neurologist who realized the benefits of exercise, but also challenging the brain. Um, we're not to uh, go, you know, down a negative path, because I'm not like that. But you don't find that all the time in the medical world for various reasons. And they're really busy and all kinds of stuff. But when you do find somebody, it's really special. So um, it wasn't long after that, I, a friend of mine in New York, who's a great uh, trainer and physio physiotherapist, introduced me to a lady, uh, Dr. Lisa Moratori from Stony Brook, whom she and I met in, you know, the Upper West Side of Manhattan one day for a couple hours at Starbucks, and she just started talking about cognition. Mm -hmm. And what do you do to challenge your people cognitively? Well, at that point, nothing. Yes. I didn't know yeah. about it. I just knew there were benefits to the brain from doing coordinated, maybe mm -hmm. moves or dancing or whatever, mm -hmm. choreographed things. So that was my first real look into uh, how the brain can develop um, in, in different areas of the brain for different types of cognition and different types, mm -hmm. so many different types of memory, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I came upon you, which honestly, I, I can't really remember when it was, but I'd been watching you for quite a while before I reached out mm -hmm. early this year and then joined your program. By the way, folks, uh, if he doesn't promote it, I will. You have to join the academy because there's so many benefits you can realize, not only for yourself. I mean, I practice these things partly so I can better explain to my clients and patients. But I, uh, you've opened up. That actually, what Laura says here in the comments, she's a really, really good friend of mine, um, one of my very best friends. She also wrote a piece for my new book and did the painting on the cover is beautiful. She says, and open up our creativity from a new perspective. That's what I was going to say, Laura, you read my mind because you know me so well. <laughs> this is what happened when I discovered you on Instagram. You have a great Instagram page. People go to hand eye body on Instagram yeah. and follow Jacob because um, it's loaded with information, but the, the Academy is loaded with more. So <laughs> yeah, well, I guess yeah. what I'm saying is, I appreciate so much again what you do because you've opened up new ways of thinking and new perspectives for me. So thank you for that. 
Oh, well, well, and that really, I think, is is a big part of my goal. It's not just share this specific exercise, this specific move. It's it's getting more people to realize that they can be creative themselves with with what they do with exercise and with the brain body uh, movements. And, you know, it's like people if you if you read or or ask, you know, someone uh who's working with whether it's parkinson's or, or something related you know they'll say oh throwing and catching a ball is a great activity and then they'll also say novel experiences and novel uh movements are really good too well what people don't realize is there's so much more you can do than just throwing and catching a ball and that's a lot of of, of, of where, I, where I, what i want people to to think about is there's so many ways to tap into all different ways to move with your body, with throwing a catching, with with your cognitive responses at the same time, and and it's the variety and and the creativity. It's it's not that you have to do specific moves. It's that you have you. People say, "Oh, I'm not creative," right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they don't yeah. realize that they are. They just haven't given themselves that permission to take time to think in this way. And so that's a lot of 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 my my goal is getting people to realize that they can try these kind of directions and then when they blend it with their own knowledge of their individual uh, clients that they're working with or their own background in occupational therapy or, or neurology or whatever it is they can really uh be creative with that and so um so yeah that really is is my goal uh, of of getting people to to open up that perspective well, you know, it's interesting because some of the, um, uh, well, I'll be surprised many times, although less often the past couple of years, because I'm starting to get used to this and I look forward to it when I suggest a concept to a client, patient, trainer, physio, where I'm teaching or I'm here or whatever, it doesn't matter where, because everyone has their own perspective and their own imagination. And I've had people come up with modifications i never would have thought of them and then yes. you know i mean that was one of the best things i'll tell you one of the best experiences was in uh, san francisco when i was teaching three and a half years ago and melissa tafoya was there because that girl's on fire man and she has such a beautiful heart such a great person and man i walked out of there probably learning more than anybody because of her she took every concept to another level that's the kind of stuff that excites me it makes me realize even more that the sky's the limit. I mean, oh, it's amazing. There's infinite possibilities, and yeah. and and what you described is, in terms of people coming up with their own modifications and ideas. That's the fun of it. That's, and especially if you are working, if it's like a teacher and student, or you know, therapist client. If you can give your students the opportunity to be creative with the ideas themselves, have them come up with the variations Absolutely. or the different rules. One, it'll activate their creativity and their thinking in a completely different way. It'll get them presenting and communicating uh, around it. And and they'll be engaged, whether yeah. you're a five-year-old or a 95-year-old, mm -hmm. everyone really, if you can give them that power and it, and it changes the dynamic right it's not just teacher student 
but you're both learning together uh, and both trying and dropping and laughing together. And so, so a lot of the, the, the benefits are not just the brain and body health, but it's, it's the relationship. It's the, it's the communication and, and the confidence and empowerment as well. Exactly. Um, we have a question from Laura. I'm going to ask you in just a moment. First, I'm going to say hi to mom. Mom's watching. Hey, mom. I love it when she joins. Um, so, you know, that's one of the things I started doing a few workshops into teaching my workshops was to demonstrate a concept and then say, okay, I'll, here's the concept. Here's an example. Go break up yep. into twos or yep. threes or whatever. And now come back in 20, 30 minutes and show me what you got. Mm -hmm. uh, amazing. I've learned so much. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's really, really fun is when, um, I mean, of course I feel badly for anyone who's experiencing any type of dementia or cognitive decline, and maybe their focus is, uh, or communication could be challenging certain days, maybe more than others or all the time or whatever. But Sometimes um, it could be my lack of ability sometimes to articulate what I want them to do, or maybe they just don't understand, but they do something wrong. No, there's no wrong. They do mm -hmm. something different than I suggest. And they'll say, is that right? I said, it's perfect. And it's <laughs> actually an accident. Yeah. They did something by yeah. accident that's even cooler than probably what I recommended. And then that becomes mm -hmm. a part of what we do a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I love how even accidents can lead to this creativity. You know? Oh, and my whole approach is there's no wrong way to do the exercise. If I tr teach it one way and someone does it slightly differently or they don't realize how they're doing it differently than what I, what I said to do, it's not that they're doing it wrong. They found another way exactly. to do it. A, a lot of times in, like uh, from, from uh, just the juggling background, if, if you say to someone, can you juggle and they'll get two balls and they'll do this pattern uh -huh. from the kind of the jugglers world of things, it's no, that's wrong because you're, you're, you're not throwing the same height with both hands. One hand is passing. You should be throwing the same height with both hands. And uh -huh. my approach with, with this, with hand and body is that's awesome because look, you can throw with one hand. Now let's see if you can also do that the other direction. And sure. explore both ways of doing it and and then build on going both ways back and forth right so there's no wrong way to do it you're just exploring different areas and ways to move and yeah if you want to work on both your right side and your left side make sure you explore both of those but but instead of thinking oh you're doing it wrong you're always discovering new ways to break it down new ways yeah. to build on it yeah, I I just love that, I, and you know I'm a, I'll admit, and I'm not proud of this, but early on I was thinking there were wrong ways. I've quickly learned that uh, basically doing anything is better than doing nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just oh, yeah, a, I, like you say, it's another way. So yeah, and and I only uh, more recently as I as I built more with hand eye body started thinking that perspective. I definitely started in oh, there's the right way to do it or or not. And, and so I think it, it's just something that you can practice um, having that mindset. Absolutely. Um, so 
if you don't mind, I'd like to read a question from Laura. It's a great question. Can you ex please explain how what you do, basically, a cause that has an impact on our well-being, and what are the benefits? She says she can feel it, but but she can't explain it. Can you explain it? Sure, and and I can uh, explain it, and I'll try to explain it more on a surface level. So my background is not the deep, deep neuroscience uh, uh, side of things, and so um, so part of what I do is I learn from the experts on on the neuroscience and say how can I apply it uh, to what I'm doing. But if you think about you can think about just, for example, uh, uh, general uh, alertness and connection between your brain and your body. One of the um, one of the examples I like to give, just because people can say, "Oh, I've felt that and I get it," is have you ever have you ever stepped off a curb or on the end of a stairs and you thought there was one more stair or you thought the curb was lower or higher and you stumble yeah right your what you interpreted right your eyes seeing where you were and how high the curb was is going your brain has to process that and tell your feet where to go right and so if you don't if you're not processing the vision into understanding your proprioception, your body's position in space, then it, you could get injured by stepping the wrong way off the stairs or the curb. Mm -hmm. So having that general practice and understanding of your body's awareness of movement at the same time that your eyes and your brain are working in the real world, they have to all work together. And mm -hmm. so just as you know, that's an example that's more of a fall prevention or injury prevention, but then just general brain health of keeping your brain active, right? Exercising your brain. And there's a lot of different, you know, puzzles you can do and different things. Um, but what I really like doing it is when you have your brain working with your movement uh, together. Uh, and again, because that's how you, you're not sitting there still having your brain work. The way your brain is working in the real world is with movement altogether. And, and there's a lot of, you know, even, and again, not my specific area, but just vision exercises, right? Your sure. eyes are sitting there staring at a Zoom screen all day being able to move them in different directions has has other health benefits. Uh, and so so finding ways to to keep your body again, just having your body moving more, right? Like you said, there's no wrong way to move. If you can give people fun ways to get up and moving, right? And moving in ways that they normally wouldn't. So if maybe you normally don't stretch your hand behind your your back or whatever it is, if you're giving people movements that are creative and get them moving in new ways, it opens up their body's ability to, to be more, have more mobility uh, in those areas. So you can look at it from both the, the just body movement, you can look at it from just general brain, keeping your brain sharp and active. And you can also think about it as when they're all work together, whether it's for things like injury prevention, whether it's just general functional movement, right? Uh, mm -hmm. To be able to tie your shoes, 
that involves your eyes seeing mm -hmm. the shoelaces your hands and fine motor skills moving in the right way right and your brain processing and putting it all together so so it it can give you those those functional movements and and because of the if you practice a variety of movements right that will give you also give you the variety that you need if, if, if you just practice one specific movement maybe you'll get really good at that one movement but it might not help you in your general functioning but if you practice all different types of movement so for for example if you're driving you have to look far at the road and and close at the dashboard or or the turning whatever knobs and be able to shift your focus from near to far yeah. Well, some of the exercises can shift your focus of looking at something close and then looking at something far and back and forth using your peripheral vision. So so it can be that that, again, just making sure you're including that whole variety in your regular exercise routine. Yeah, yeah, I love your explanation of that. And also, you know, just the idea that 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 helps really you want the stuff we're doing well like in my clinic or when you're working with people or they're practicing on their own to translate out the door into real life where they're at the bump up grocery store and they get bumped and they can recover without falling or they mm -hmm. are reactive enough that they can move fast enough because the brain can process quickly enough to move their body or recognize something or swerve out of the way of something um laura kind of said something here i totally agree with is which laura knows from our workshops she's taught with me many times as my translator because i'm not fluent in espanol yet although soon <laughs> soon hablo espanol fluido um gamifying making it fun mm -hmm. right and and i know there are neurotransmitters released during movement during cognition, especially if you're enjoying something, we'll have, you know, um, oh, a number of different things, you know, norepinephrine, you got acetylcholine, but you got dopamine, maybe some serotonin is coming into play that I, I think, you know, one of the things I notice for certain people, and it's kind of a lot of people out there, and I will admit, I am one of them, is what we really need to do is just get started. If we just get started with anything, you know, there's a, a, a saying and I don't know who said it, if it's a William James or somebody do the thing, the thing is like interchangeable, right? It's like a blank, yeah. do the thing and you get the energy to do the thing. I mean, a, a, rid a ridiculous example, but it's true is when I start doing my taxes, I get the energy to do them and I'll do it in one day and hand up my, mm -hmm. my account and say, here you go. But I just have to get started. And I'll wait mm -hmm. and I'll wait. And I, this year I didn't wait though. I did it like two months early yay! because I knew I'd finish in a day. But if we get started with yeah. the workout, we might yes. do more than we planned on doing. We might, if we're with, with somebody, learn something that made it even more challenging and interesting and fun and our desire to do it increased just oh, getting well, started half the battle. Well, I think, yeah. So it's funny when you ask about what, what the benefits are, it's, Sometimes it's hard for me to describe because there's so many different areas that it's it's kind of touches on. Uh, but one of the things, and actually, 
even where where a lot of what I'm doing with hand eye body evolved, my initial focus was really on that growth mindset. And and a lot of of my approach with it is if you can practice getting in a beginner's mindset with things that are fun and you see quick progress on that aren't the big scary things and big goals that take months or years to to work on the more you get practice saying okay let's just try this in and okay i'll drop i'll pick up i'll drop i'll adjust and pick up again if you can practice that in fun ways you'll start thinking in that way for the the bigger things and and it, so it's it's giving you practice feeling that way that you can apply to to other things and so yeah a lot of my work when i do more keynotes at conferences and and events it's really giving these fun exercises around mindset and getting people to say oh i couldn't do that and then they try it and it's like okay i guess yeah. i guess i can when i teach a big group of people I'll have them do a move with their right hand. And then I say, okay, now switch to your left hand. And the whole room, you hear it. Oh, oh I can't do that. Right? It's that collective groan. They haven't even tried it yet, but they're saying, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. And so if you can practice feeling, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm I can't do this. You said yeah. collective groan. That is epic. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it, it's, but you feel that energy in yeah. the room. And then you feel the energy when they're saying, I got it. And they're lighting yeah. up. And, and so, so e even apart from any of the brain benefits, the body mobility movement benefits, having fun and the laughter and the play and the energy you get when you, oh, I got it. Yeah. That's so important too. I've, when I've kind of, as I was doing, uh, you know, developing uh, the evolution of what I do with it, uh, and I described, I, I, I go in and I do a keynote at an event. And part of my model is, is donating a program out in the community. And so I would, you know, one example, visiting a senior center and it was, it was a group that had, uh, I think it was around eight to 10 people and, and either most of them or all of them had some form or level of dementia. And as we're doing things and they're passing the ball from one person to the other, and, you know, just sitting at a table and rolling it across the table and making different patterns with the ball in their hand. And then the staff at the end was saying, you know, they hadn't seen them light up like that in months. Uh, yeah. And and so so that really, I think, is the core of, of of my approach to things. And it's it's almost like I when as I'm doing it, I'm I'm realizing, hey, more people like again, people started doing the exercises with, with, with people working with Parkinson's, and 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 I said, mm -hmm. more people can benefit from the movements in all different ways. Like with Parkinson's, some of the coaches who who use the exercises have described that, you know, if someone has a freezing of gait where their their body's not moving, and they do one of the exercises and it moves, it helps unlock them. I didn't develop that movement specifically for that but the same benefits you get from exploring new movements and having fun with it different people will benefit in different ways so someone with parkinson's may benefit in in some way and and a preschooler may who's just learning how to control their body may benefit in other ways and then an athlete who's trying to be able to catch the ball while running at the same time and paying attention yeah. to the sidelines also can benefit from it so it's 
it's that's why to me it's it's i'm i'm almost not coming from the prescriptive here's the benefit of what you get with this i'm coming from a more creative exploratory let's have fun moving in this way you know especially when working with other coaches and and teachers and trainers you know what you're trying to work on with your clients and students so you can filter out pick the things that i share that will apply to the specific goals you're working on and 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 explore that and so uh that's why what i i always think of what i do as, as just helping explore and kind of get the flashlight and looking at new areas and perspectives rather than than saying do this specific thing because different audiences different people using the exercises benefit from them in different ways and and apply them in different ways exactly <clears throat> another thing um and you've addressed this sort of i'll make sure people realize uh, for example i'm most i mean known if you will uh, trust me it's not my ego it's just for my work in the parkinson's arena but that's not even half of who i work with i mean although you know i probably work with more people than most people parkinson than most people around here or whatever it doesn't matter they're all the other people you know just like ms parkinson's dementia nothing these don't define a person plus it may not be the only thing going on that's troubling them i mean you could have a bad hip you Mm -hmm. know a a bad a tight calf i mean there's so Mm -hmm. many different um we're humans first we have nervous systems we have a brain and so that's my long-winded way of saying that this stuff is good for everybody and Mm -hmm. you know i just Mm -hmm. finished reading a book that i bought in january finally just trying to get time lately uh finished the sanjay gupta book called Mm -hmm. uh keep um Oh man, what's the name of it? Keep sharp. I, I know. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. sharp. I have to say, just I, I'll say this just to make sure people know there's no politics in the book. He doesn't talk about CNN. <laughs> okay, so if you like CNN, great. I mean, but I like him. He's a neurosurgeon. My son uh, was at the same place with him, not working with him, but at Emory when he was doing residency up till June this year. So, I mean, Sanjay's the real deal. You know, drilling holes in people's heads. Really smart guy. But I'll tell you. I thought of you, especially in two parts of this book, because he talks about just, first of all, getting moving, Mm -hmm. but challenging your brain in ways that are, let's say, beyond just reading a book or Mm -hmm. doing a crossword puzzle or a word search, moving and cognition, moving and using your brain. Mm -hmm. Besides, your brain has to process stuff when you're moving, but still you can do work on doing other stuff, right? So real interesting is that people, there were uh, um, many occasions where he was in a brain autopsy, let's say, and they would, you know, look at the brain and discover that in the hippocampus, there was Alzheimer's and certain people, right? Yet these people exhibited little or no signs of Alzheimer's because also in those brains, and these people were very active cognitively and movement wise, they actually had what he refers to as a reserve of mm. neurocircuitry. Uh, we know hippo, hippocampus can generate birth of new brain cells. Um, the research says there are only two areas. I don't know if that's still the case. 
that's what John Rady told me last year, the Harvard guy who wrote Spark and Go Wild and all that. And, and then there, there's a guy who talks about just moving in and of itself fires mm-hmm. up so much brain activity. If you just walk briskly half an hour a day, you'll probably be way better off than people who don't walk. You know, mm-hmm. do this for your mm-hmm. whole life. Get out there, get started and do it. But really interesting about the brain autopsies and how they found reserves in people who had Alzheimer's who really didn't exhibit any Alzheimer's uh, symptoms. So cool. Yeah. And and I think I think there's so much that will continue to be discovered yeah. um, so and cool. understood um, that we don't even uh, fully understand now. Absolutely. So we have a maybe a question here. Let's take a look. Um, Laura says, can you speak to the shift that happens when people learn hand eye and then foot eye and then uh, start moving these systems independently? Um, maybe I'm next. not quite sure what the, the Laura, if you don't mind, if, if, if you could maybe send that question again, I, I think I know what you're talking about. But uh, in the meantime, if anyone has questions on the Facebook feed or here in uh, Zoom, please type away. Uh, we got a few minutes left. Are you good for another 15 or oh, so? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. cool. 15 or 20. Cool. I could talk all day about this stuff. <laughs> I like, uh, well, I actually wanted to show people. Um, let's see. No, I don't have it here. I'm just going to use my phone. Okay, so I have a kind of a big screen TV that was donated here in the clinic. So I've been, uh, oh, my apologies. Um, Using that casting to your charts to the TV. Mm -hmm. So they're gigantic and we can see them very well. (laughs) Excellent. That's a great way to do it. But for example, Oh, yes, Laura. So I'm wondering uh, in the question that you, oh, okay. You oh, someone else asked um, that? For boxers who need footwork independent of hands. Oh, good analogy. So, Laura, I'm wondering what you mean exactly by the question. Are you speaking of uh, developing a separate hand eye, foot eye coordination? Sorry, who started to move? Uh, I guess I could talk about that. I don't know what the. When you say the shift that happens, what do you, what do, what do you? I'm not sure what you're what 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 the question is related to to that topic. I'm not sure either, but um, but, but I I think that the, I mean, there's a lot of situations, right? An example of boxers who have to move their feet independently of of their hands. Uh, a football player has to be able to catch a ball while running and reach up yeah. and catch the ball. a baseball player all a lot of sports will have have your feet moving and your hands but think about like the examples i gave with with fall prevention sure you have to be able to be stable on your feet but also reach your hand out to stabilize yourself if you need it at the same time yeah. uh and so i i think that that there's so many general way i mean if you're right if you're walking uh down the street and and 
pulling out your phone to see who was calling or whatever it is, right? It's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of times your, your feet and hands have to be uh, doing their own thing and, and working all together. Um, and, and so that a lot of the exercises that, that I share incorporate a lot of that dual tasking. One of the things that, that I've talked about, especially with the charts, uh, when I talk about with the, you know, yeah, um, like the arrow chart, yeah, I right? Make sure people yes. see <laughs> the charts. Awesome, awesome. So, like with the arrow chart, show, oh, you, oh, you've yeah, got them. I can good. hold it up here, but good. Um, good. You can say, and I've got a whole lot of different charts, but the one with the arrows, for example, your upper body can follow the direction of the arrows. So, if it's pointing to the right, lift your right hand. Pointing to the left, lift your left hand, and then your feet follow the color. So, stand on your left leg with a blue arrow stand on your right leg with a green arrow and stand on both feet with a yellow arrow and so a lot there's a lot of of i think you can get if you just think in terms of your right and left and then upper body lower body there's a whole like 90 percent of the way towards all the different types of dual tasking you can do and of course that's not the only thing but if, if you if you're trying to figure out ideas to do things with with dual tasking really think about what can I do when my feet are doing one thing and my upper body are doing something else or your left side is doing one thing or your right side is doing another thing and then you can combine them with left right you've got the left leg right leg left hand right leg so there's so many things you can do uh uh for that um in in general um and and different like i said different groups may benefit from that in 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 different ways you that could be a very functional specific goal or even sport specific goal uh yeah. you know people say with dancing right i've got two left feet right that's the same kind of thing um true but, yeah but then there can be more like for parkinson's or 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 where, where you're really working on getting your body in control um uh, I, I think the, the way I approach like with the charts or the other exercises, it can be both practice and just working through it with giving yourself novel s situations mm -hmm. to keep trying new ways to uh, experience working on your upper body and lower body moving. Uh, and it can also be used as in evaluation, right? So not saying just Absolutely. how are these going to help you get better, but say, okay, Let's try this exercise. And then if you're working as a teacher, therapist, coach with someone, then you can use that as one of your tools of evaluating the other techniques and evaluation methods and training methods uh, you want. One, one of the um, uh, coaches who I work with who works with Parkinson's has said she'll use the uh, the arrows chart and then the um, that the dice chart is another one that mm -hmm. is really around fine motor control and being able to move uh, yeah, with, sure. with your fingers. And she can use that to just observe and see how they do with these novel challenges. And that can help help determine uh, what level of a class to get them started with. And it's not like that's the only thing you need to use to evaluate someone, but it can be another tool in the toolkit to uh, to let you see how people are moving and and processing 
from gross to fine motor skills. Um, and, and just, yeah, think of it as, as the benefits for the training and practice, as well as for the evaluation. Absolutely. Um, do you mind if I show a couple charts that mm -hmm. of yours? Um, so we've used the arrows chart. I should say I've used it a lot. Um, okay. I've used this a lot. It's a mm -hmm. great place to start for a lot of people. Um, we have uh, in my clinic here, for example, I have three heavy bags, but one's over in one area, then I have two kind of a uh, few feet from the TV, the big screen TV. Mm -hmm. So I put some gloves on them or not put gloves on them and do, you know, follow right arrow is right hand back fist, just mm -hmm. hit it. Cause you know, yeah, you yeah. Can fire up a little posterior chain, which never happens. So uh, go top to bottom. And then, so people know what we're talking about. There are seven lines on the chart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Top to bottom, you know, left, right. Oh, right, left, left, right, left, right. So, but then after we get to the bottom, we can be creative. I'll say, say the color as you go through, mm -hmm. or maybe now kick the opposite leg. Mm -hmm. Right. So right hand, back fist, left leg kick, if, if they're not mm -hmm. going to fall down during it. Or they might be seated in doing this. They might be seated and kick the leg if they're uh, having any kind of balance issues. I want to challenge them, but, you know, not hurt And them. as you're describing that, you know, one of the things that I, that I um, and part of as I teach the how to use the charts is you can, a lot of the charts that I have, they're different styles, but they often will guide specific and imply specific movement. So, right, the arrows implies left and right, uh, which is makes it one, it makes it easier for people to understand what they should be doing. So it's not mm -hmm. too confusing to start working on. Uh, but it also, as for someone who's teaching or coming up with exercises, can uh, be a guide as well. And, and there are ways that you can make it very, uh, very, uh, just following what's implied right or left. Yeah. And then you can really get creative. Like you said, when you get to the bottom, you can do other things. For example, you could say, like you said, opposite your vo vocal, say the color, but then you can, instead of just saying the color, what you can do is as you do the movements, you can alternate, say the color blue, then say the direction left, ah. yellow, right, green uh, try doing that fast while you're moving or throwing and catching a ball and it's like whoa good, <laughs> and I'll, yeah. as i'm teaching it i often will say the wrong one i'll say the direction or or, or as Me opposed too. to the color uh you can do that just alternating rows which is a little easier so say the color then say the direction say the color then say the direction so uh, i would not have thought of that yeah but that's the we, thing there's just it's it's once you when you say you wouldn't have thought of that once you get a little bit of those seeds of ideas and you start saying let me sit down for 10 minutes and just brainstorm let me look at it observe the different yeah. elements and and qualities characteristics of a chart the shape the direction is it odd is it even whatever it is and you could even say not just say blue but say say name a city that starts with the same letter so blue. Uh, so so you say Boston, green, Greenville. My brain's exploding. I love this. 
uh, I don't Man, know. Man, I'm glad we're talking because I just learned, I just have a lot more ideas all yeah. of a sudden. And so, so, so you can come up with different ideas that change things up, and, and that's why I think it's it's just about having fun exploring yeah. different patterns and paying attention. I'll walk by uh, in grad school when we were putting on the shows with juggling, I walked by a lamp store that was going out of business and they had these pedestals that were, it was like one this high, one this high, one this high. And I walked by and I like looked at it and my mind was like, I could bounce the balls off them at different oh, heights, yeah, right? Cool. And I like tried walking home with like these like 60 pounds of, <laughs> of, of carrying it, which kind of worked eventually, but it's, if you practice, right, I'll hear a song and I'll be like, can picture movements to it, right? And, or some physical comedy, something fun with it, that it's not about just like the neuroplasticity of doing a movement or different movements and starting to be able to move better. It's the more you practice just saying, hey, what could we do with this? And, and giving yourself that permission to say, instead of saying, I wouldn't think of that, to say, I could think of that. Why don't I spend 10 minutes exploring it? I probably, yeah. the only difference between me and anyone else is I'll spend that time seeing something and then going and exploring it yeah. for 30 minutes and coming up with the different variations I can do with it. Anyone can do that, right? You, you, can, you, you can do that. And it's just giving yourself that permission to know that you are creative, know that you can be creative with movement and cognitive elements some things can be just for fun and play making movement fun and getting people active and then yeah. some things can be more specific functional bilateral coordination or proprioception or working memory whatever it is you can both be very purposeful and just be playful with it and both together absolutely um you know it's interesting you would say that because i felt like for a few months this year i was so since this, I opened this new place here, it's been, I've been very grateful, but slamming busy. Mm -hmm. So I was starting to feel stuck in a rut about two months ago, a rut of things to do. I don't want people getting bored. So I would actually sit down, granted, maybe only once a week for a few minutes and think, okay, I want to think of three new things. You know, mm -hmm. a month later, I had 12 new things and actually out of that came more because people misinterpreted mm -hmm. or interpreted differently which yep. again they did it different not wrong and then i got oh now i have a couple more things so yeah you're right about that i felt i wouldn't have thought of what you just said but now i could say name a food that begins with the letter blue yep. or name a, and, and what a, is important to the person that you're working with if they are a musician yes. name a composer what, whatever it is it, and 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 the thing is, and, and part of you don't have to just sit there from, uh, you know, a blank sheet of paper. Part of my goal, like I said, it's, it's not just say do this exercise, but give you different things to try. Mm -hmm. And that will spark more ideas, give you a general framework uh, of, yeah. of alternate, like I said, with the, with the chart, alternate rules between each position to change the cognitive challenge there. That's beautiful. Just that you'll think of them on your own. So, so, uh, so don't, if you're, if you're trying to figure, not you specifically, but if someone's trying to, to think, oh, I've got a blank sheet of paper, I don't even know where to start. 
that's where just get inspiration, whether it's from me or from other places. Uh, uh, get get see something that sparks your interest and creativity, and give yeah. yourself permission to run with that. It's, you know, I'm glad you said that because uh, I wouldn't have maybe thought of this otherwise. But one of the things we do, because um, my mind is racing with ideas right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, one of the things we do is try to find out background, interest, hobbies. You know, I have a guy, mm -hmm. a gentleman I work with who's a chemist, was a chemistry teacher all of his life. So mm -hmm. I can tell you, I've learned more in the past year about chemistry than I ever did in college or high school. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm thinking of the periodic table of elements way more than yep. I used to. Yep. I have another one who's a car person. Another one's uh, 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 travel was, you know, and so hobbies. The other thing about that too, is you can, there's a feel good that can go along with it. Mm -hmm. oh, in addition to doing something like you mentioned earlier, like throwing and catching a ball or rolling a ball, when people play ping pong here, mm -hmm. I've had several times they come and say, this brings back so many memories. Yes. But so yes. can, when they're talking about their travels, their hobbies, their mm -hmm. family, whatever. It, I, that's another feel good uh, potential. I, and I, I think I, that's why I think a lot of where I have, um, I've found a lot of synergies with occupational therapists because they have that holistic approach of not just saying, Hey, let's get you moving, but they understand your life situation. They, they understand your hobbies. They, they, they try to balance all the different aspects and, and they're not the only ones who do it, but, but really from a very holistic, um, uh, perspective, uh, and, and, you know, I, one of the things I, I like, well, while a lot of is thinking as as we're talking about um, connecting to people. So my back, <laughs> I've spent my ten thousand hours with juggling and movement as opposed to learning to sing. Uh, but as I'll say, I'm not going to say I can't sing. I'll say I could if I put the time into it. I haven't <laughs> put That's... the time into it yet. But but I was just here that this other chart as just an example of connecting to what someone cares about, even if it's not your interest as a hobby, uh, when you're working with them, find ways to connect to yeah. it. Um, this chart where it has the, oh, the yeah. lines that That's are either next high, one I to talk about. Yes, <laughs> either high, middle or low, and each line is a different color. That when I originally was designing it, I was thinking in terms of, okay, we've got left and right movements with the arrows. This is really to get someone thinking and moving in terms of levels. So reaching high, right? Reaching at something on a shelf high to bending down low, sit to stand, an athlete, a basketball player doing a overhand pass, a chest pass, a bounce pass. I was thinking more of that vertical level, which in so many areas uh, is one facet that's, that's good to be practicing. Sure. But as I was thinking about, okay, how can these charts be applied to someone more from music, uh, either music therapy or music, uh, actual practice and, and training. And you could say that this is a high note, a middle, a medium middle uh, note and a low note. So you could sing this high and then blue, and go and sing, right? Green. And go, right blue. now. So I'll, I'll be the coach and you be the, the person doing it. So, and so what we'll do is we'll also not just say that have it be high, middle or low, but blue can be ooh, and there's kind of sounds right. Ooh. 
Green can be E. E. And yellow can be ah, right? So you uh, can sing the chart. Oh, yeah. Mine's right. What's green? Oh, E. Ah, uh, right. Reminds me of so so, so class in music you school. can sing the chart. Oh, right. Wow. It can be for a vocal warm ups for a musician, right? No but kidding. if you're working with someone with Parkinson's who loves singing mm -hmm. and and vocal, uh, being able to to control uh, your voice and and volume and all that, which which uh, is important for working with Parkinson's often, you can apply this and then you can do it with movement. So do that same same yeah. singing challenge while you're standing squatting a little or squatting lower beautiful or reaching high right and you can so it's not just dual tasking with your with your with your upper body and lower body but it's with your voice and singing and the mute the music element so I love that. so that's the whole idea you can tap into what they're interested on right you talk about chemistry you can say name a high periodic table number uh, element yeah. name them uh, something in the middle and name something at the bottom of the chart right so so and that's yeah. just with that one chart but but uh there could be uh you could do that same thing right on the right side of the table or the left side of the oh, periodic man. table and and so so creativity thrives with constraints and that's part of what the charts do. They give you a specific constraint and structure to work with, and and it's not a blank slate anymore. Now you have something to start with to to think of ideas around, and then especially if you are are have that constraint and the constraint of what functional goal you're trying to work on, or what sport you're working on, or what the client's interests or hobbies are. You, sure. you start making connections between two things as opposed to trying to work from a blank slate. And it just gives that anchor point to spark those ideas. And I love this so much. I've never sang on line before. <laughs> uh, so, so, so in, in my training, I, I demonstrate it with me singing, which is very interesting. Um, but part of it actually like to demonstrate that I can't, can't sing and that's okay. Right. I, I want you to try these new movements with, with your coordination, even if you can't do it, and I'll demonstrate that with with my current singing ability. You know, it's interesting. Uh, right after high school, um, I went to music school, and one of the classes we had to do was solfeggio. They call it so. Basically, you get a book, and there are songs, there are notes, there's a key signature. The instructor, Dr. Abrams, great guy, would play the lead note on the piano the first note and then you had to go from there mm -hmm. well i was terrified horrified every class for four semesters and um we had to do four semesters of that and unfortunately or fortunately i was very good at it i don't have perfect pitch i think he says what i had relative pitch but between notes mm -hmm. so you go around the class people do this do that and they wouldn't do it right. So okay, Carl, show them how it's done. How it's done. I'm like, oh man. But if I screwed it up on purpose, I wouldn't have gotten an A, right? So I right. wanted A's always, always, always. So that's the only time I ever sang. However, I'm going to put this out there, Mom, if you're still watching. Um, I'm 60 years old, and I don't. I'm not afraid of anything anymore. 
And I've even talked to Ronnie Lee about taking voice lessons. He's like the greatest singer in the area. <sighs> we'll see what happens. Awesome. <laughs> because there's a lot that can come out of that. One of the other charts you have, oh, by the way, this has become the new replacement for sit to stand. Excellent. Because sit to stands are boring for most people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could throw a ball back and forth and do it or something like that. But what's cool about this is so far, I've only gotten to the point where they're they're uh, either standing, squatting, or fully seated. And we mm -hmm. don't go too fast, but we, we go mm -hmm. slow enough to maybe realize some muscular gain or strength gain. Mm -hmm. See the colors as they go through. That's all we've mm -hmm. done so far. But what's cool is when they have to this comes a lot of times they've used the, the arrow charts for like you know right lateral raise left mm -hmm. right, or you know curls or those or like it have a couple of people who don't walk well one who doesn't walk at all but they can extend their leg trying to work on strength so put on an ankle weight mm -hmm. right leg left leg yep. say the color the comment straight across the board is that when they have to think about something while they're doing strength they don't feel the discomfort or the effort as much during the stretch. Yes. They're still they're yes. actually putting in more effort with this. Yeah. Well, so, so, when you, the inter, so again, like what are the benefits there? Ah, it's hard to, to think of all of them at the same yeah. time. One of the benefits is it can distract you from the challenge, the, the strength or challenge of, of, of the movement. So, for me, one of the things that that I've done, and there's a whole world if you want to learn about juggling while running, it's called oh, joggling. Oh man! And, yes. And and uh, which again is one of the things that was a piece of of what inspired and my background knowledge of 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 thinking about movement and 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 the coordination at the same time. But I, I'm not a runner, right? I'm not in awful shape, but I'm not in the greatest shape. And I could, without training, run a 5K. I'd probably have to train to run a marathon, but, but a 5K, I show up a charity race, I'll go in and do it without having really done a lot of training for it. But that doesn't mean it's easy for me. <laughs> and juggling while running the 5K is easier for me than just running a 5K because uh... I'm distracted from the pain of the running with the juggling, it gives me something to focus on. It makes it fun. Even what, passing by other folks and they're like, wait, we just got passed <laughs> by the, someone who's juggling, right? And, and so so in a playful way. And, and, and so the, the smiling, the interaction with other people, the focus of the coordination of myself, the rhythm with my hands and the, all of that make it much easier to keep going than if I were just running. And so that same feeling can, like you said, apply even with just a movement that's very purposeful following the chart or with a ball that you're just passing back and forth. What, whatever it is, these one of the benefits can be that you can work on, on the mobility and strength and other things without real one without realizing you're doing it, but also that distraction from uh, you know the the pain of it uh, uh, of of working on the on the strength uh, side of things. I love that example of juggling and running. It makes me want to try that now. I'd like to jump to before we sign off because unfortunately I have to 
leave soon, but I want really want to commend you for your beautiful creativity on this Stroops based mm -hmm. chart, which so for those who don't know, I, I'm not even sure the history of the Stroops. I just know that I've taken the actual as the, being a control subject at Hershey Penn State in three studies. I've been six times that I've been through a day of testing of all kinds of cool stuff and Stroops was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, but you've added arrows. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I would love for you to talk more about this, but just yeah, simply sure put, we have the, uh, the words, right? So we can have people read the words. We can also have yeah. them read the color the letters are written in. Like, you know, the yeah. yellow is actually written in green and so on and so forth. We have arrows at the top. Um, on this and a couple of other charts, we've also been, instead of going straight across, we'll go bottom up, right to left, or top to bottom columns. Yep. Uh, just to vary up, you know, how their eyes are moving and mm -hmm. where their focus is, and just to make it different. But um, the Stroops is fabulous. Nice work on yeah. that, my friend. Well, and, and, and the Stroop task or exercise is a common, you know, from the... Uh, I guess Stroop, uh, he actually uh, did his, uh, it came, I think, as you can look up the details, but I think it came out of his PhD uh, dissertation uh, at Peabody, which is part of Vanderbilt in Nashville, oh, yeah. uh, which is in the So there's a Dr. There. Stroop then. Yeah. So, so yeah. he, it was part of uh, his, I think his PhD in, in psychology uh, Interesting. at Peabody. Uh, and that's a world or a globally recognized cognition uh, or whatever oh, assessment right exactly and and it, yeah. and and so part of what what you know part of the whole, the whole idea is that that you're if you try to say the color of the ink but your the word is in a different color yeah. or the word says something different it's going to be a, a conflict uh uh in your in your brain trying to process what what to say and so, especially when you go fast it can be hard to say the right thing Absolutely. and adding the arrows again it's that the stroop exercise is a common exercise and and again just adding the arrows can give you a uh, you don't want to get too complicated with it but one other thing to follow at the same time uh mm -hmm. to guide movement and response to the different uh directions that you see and so um and that's the thing there's so much that's one way to do it, but there's lots of things. And, and it's yeah. just, again, that, that permission to explore and try something and see what it leads to. And like you said, you learn from everyone uh, when you teach and get other modifications. I'll learn of other things uh, to add. Like with the arrows, one of the ones that I have in the, um, in the power pack of all the different exercises is... Mm where they're up and down or where they're or four directions four di directions yeah those are and nice. again it can be more directions but 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 i'll learn what someone might try to do right if someone takes the this one and they do it on the side uh, yeah. get up and down i'm like okay let me make it learn from that and and make sure i give you one that's uh easy to use that's up and down uh and so so it's again whether it's the adding the arrows to the stroop or 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 other things it's 
I'm always learning. And then I don't even view it as me learning. I'm just the hub that someone can share from one discipline or one idea, go through me that I can spread it and help get it out to, to other people who then will come up with their own things and can get to yeah. the rest of the folks. Sure. That's, uh, it's just awesome. Um, well, before we sign off, I just want to tell people, um, I'd highly recommend if you have any interest in this type of thing and chances are, if you're watching us, you probably do. Um, and I'm not saying this just because you're with me, Jacob, I'm saying it because I've told everybody else this, this is the single best investment I feel, um, for me in the Academy and the charts worth every penny a million times over because of, uh, what it allows us to do for our people, for ourselves, the, the creativity factor is like you say, infinite, I'd say there's so many possibilities. Um, where can they go and join the Academy? Where can they go and buy yeah. the charts? Well, so, uh, I guess three main, three main links. One is just follow me on Instagram. I share a lot of stuff, uh, yeah. that you can go on your own, uh, for free, just scroll back through lots of ideas there. And then, uh, the coordination charts are at coordinationcharts.com. Okay. And that's where you can uh, download uh, the arrows one actually I have right now for free uh, up there as a download. And then you can okay. get all the charts in the power pack. Uh, and I've got uh, a masterclass training that really talks about the things like we said some here of how do you think about modifying it, change the rules every other row or, you know, things like that, giving you uh, ways to come up with uh, ways to teach it and, and, and be creative. Uh, so that's all at coordinationcharts.com. And then the main monthly Hand Eye Body Academy program is on the main site at handeyebody.com. And send me a, a message. I've got the contact form there. I have that where it opens up a few times a year uh, for new members. And uh, probably early in 2022, we'll, we'll have that available again. But if you send me the, um, a message there, I'll make sure you're on the list uh, to get that and, and reach out to me. Uh, directly send me a message uh dm on instagram whatever uh is easiest uh i'm always available to try to be a resource and uh either help from my perspective or share resources that could help too and friends i'll just add that he's very responsive <laughs> he responds well, so fast. well often i i try to be so, sometimes life happens <laughs> That, Absolutely. Might I mean, disappear a bit, but. You're going to take a few hours <laughs> off or a day here and there. But I mean, we've been communicating for the better part of most of this year, I think. And uh, it's nice to actually talk with you now. I just been, yeah, uh, yeah. loved this. This has been so good. I can't thank you enough. So I'll just say thank you so much. Well, and thank you for hosting and, and being, you know, like I said, I get energized by the energy that's shared back of people trying the ideas and, and sharing the results they get with them. So thank you for, for that as well. Oh, my pleasure. If, if you don't mind, uh, once I sign up, just if you don't mind hanging with me for like one or two minutes and yeah. then I got to fly and I'm sure you have things to do, but, uh, I want to say thank you, mom and Laura and everybody else who's watching really appreciate you joining us. Thank you again to Dr. Jacob Weiss.
founder, creator of Hand Eye Body Academy. Go check it out, man. And then Instagram, I said the video quality is really good too. Um, love it. That, that's been a, a work in progress. I've the got color to contrast is beautiful <laughs> and the audio is good. Very good. Very nice. And uh, same thing on the, in the membership and the academy. And then it's all, the videos are so great. Um, so thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Weiss. Have a great day, folks. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, I will.